Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. As you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series, where I'm having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. Now, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do so so that you never miss an episode as part of this series, as well as the regular show. I've got a great lineup of guests for this season. All right, for today's episode, inside the huddle with us and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft is Alec Pierce. Alec is a wide receiver who played college football at the University of Cincinnati. During the 2021 season, Alec was the Bearcats' top receiver, finishing the season with 867 receiving yards and eight receiving touchdowns. His 17.34 yards per catch is the fourth highest ever for a Bearcats receiver in a single season. And also this past season, Alec received all AAC second team honors and was named to the Athletics Annual Freaks list by Bruce Feldman. Now, lastly, before we get into the show, I have to share that Alec completed his bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering in three and a half years. Very impressive. Alec, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to chat with you. And before we really get into it, I got to tell you, I mean, most people know you for your on-the-field accomplishments, but mechanical engineering degree and ME degree is a ton of work, and my hat goes off to you. Thank you. A lot of my listeners, some of them know, many probably aren't familiar that I actually have two engineering degrees myself, an electrical engineering degree and a biomed engineering degree. So I can personally attest to how much work they are. So again, kudos to you on a job well done academically. Thank you. That's really cool that you got those two. I didn't know that. Don't really tell most people since I'm more in the sports space now, but yes, I do have two engineering degrees. So Let's run things way, way back. Let's just talk about how you got into football. You're from Glen Ellen, Illinois, which is just right down the road from where I grew up in Chicago. Tell us about the first time that you suited up or when was the first time you picked up a football? At a really young age. I think I started flag football probably when I was in kindergarten. I think they had me playing outside with an older brother, so they just needed extra guys on the team. So I was probably like in preschool playing on the team, but started that. And then like once I got to third grade, I think that's when we started doing tackle football. And I remember they had like weight classes and I weighed too much because I was just kind of a bigger kid. So I, I had to play up a grade. And that was really the start of my career. I, you know, they didn't expect much out of me as a, as a younger kid. They had like the gold team and the silver team. And I probably thought I was going to be on the silver team, you know, playing up. And like that would have been normal. All my other friends that played up, I think were on silver. But we went to the tryouts and I made the gold team just kind of, I think, was really good athlete and it just went on from there. And you were a multi-sport athlete. You played not only football, but volleyball, basketball, you ran track. What about football made you fall in love with the game? I just love the like physicality aspect of it. And then the team aspect, you know, it's, it's the ultimate team sport. Like some of those other sports you mentioned there, like you can really control the game as one person. If you're like really good by yourself, you can win a lot of games. Like if you look at basketball or stuff like that, but football, like, 
you can be as good of a player as you want, but if your team isn't with you, like if you're not working together as a team, you're not going to have any success on the field. Completely agree with that. And my listeners know that this whole Move the Ball movement started with me writing a book about football. I've been a student of the game since I was four years old. And I talk about a lot of principles that I feel are necessary to be successful in football, as well as working as a team is one of those. What were some of the lessons that you've taken away from the game that you think are going to be helpful for you as you continue on to this next chapter in playing professional football, as well as just being successful in life in general? Yeah, like you said, teamwork, I think is a big one. And then like perseverance, you know, being able to work through adversities on the field, things may not go your way. I dealt with a few injuries. And so things like that, being able to kind of overcome some adversities and hurdles in life, because, you know, it's not always going to be smooth sailing. There's going to be some bumps in the road. So I'd say that's the biggest thing is probably just like perseverance and being able to just overcome things. For sure. And I do want to talk about an injury here in just a minute. But before we go there, you play the wide receiver position. When you look at what it takes to be a successful wide receiver, what are some of those skills that you think are necessary to play the skill position well? And what makes you elite at it? I think you got to be a really good athlete. I think you got to be a great competitor. A lot of times it's just you versus another man out there in space. And you got to want to have the will to win and be athletic enough to win. And you got to have good hands and you got to be a smart football player. Receiver, I think, is underrated mentally. What you got to do out there, you got to, first of all, know like the whole plays and like everything that everybody's doing to understand the whole route concept. And then you got to be able to look at the defense pre-snap and try and figure out the coverage and then especially adjust to it once they disguise it and react to what they do. So a lot more mental than I think people give credit to. And what makes you elite at this position? Like I said, I'm a really good athlete. I showed that at the combine. I'm a great competitor. That was the thing. Probably my best trade of all those things. I think I'm incredibly competitive. Like we can play whatever game it is or, you know, playing cards or just playing some sport in the backyard. But I'm always going to be really competitive, like a little bit too competitive at times. So like you said, the intelligence thing, you know, I pride myself on my my football knowledge. And I think that just kind of allows you to play the game faster and not have to react to things on the fly if you kind of have a mental map of what you're going to do before the play. Great answer. So let's talk about college football. As a true freshman, you played in 11 games. Then in 2019, you played in all 14 games, 13 starts as a wide receiver. Tell us about those first two years as a Bearcat. Yeah, so my first year, we were playing at UCLA the first game. And you know, I grew up a big, big 10 fan. So playing at the Rose Bowl for me, I, I thought would be a really cool experience. And I really wanted to make sure I made that plane to go out there. Obviously wanted to play as a receiver, but I, being realistic, I wasn't ready and they were going to play me as a wide receiver. They would have redshirted me. So I kind of worked really hard throughout camp and I uh, really wanted to play on special teams. I knew that was going to be where I was going to be able to make my mark. And Coach Fickle and their staff, you know, really put an emphasis on special teams. And our guy was like cramping up. So they took him out at Gunner and they put me in at Gunner because I was on like all the other units, but not the punt team. The punt team was like Coach Fickle's unit. That was all like he put all his star players out there. So it, there was like unheard of to be a true freshman out there. And a guy cramped up and I was the backup gunner. And I went out there and I made a big play and I got special teams player of the game for that game. So just kind of started my career off that way. And, you know, finished out that whole season playing on all four special teams. I didn't record a catch that year. It was interesting because they said they liked me at special teams so much where they wanted to they tried moving me to Sam linebacker. So I got a little bit of a taste for that in December when the bowl practices, I played a little linebacker 
I liked it. I enjoyed it. You know, I, it would have been an adjustment for me. I would have had to gain a lot of weight and kind of work into that and might have took me some time, but I enjoyed it. But then my receiver coach at the time, he got a new job. So they brought in another receiver coach. And at that point, they were asking me what I wanted to do. And I, you know, my heart was at re- with receiver. So I gave receiver another try. I'm like, you know, I'll give this coach a try. And if they don't like me at receiver anymore, I'll go give it a shot in defense. But I worked through spring ball there. I was like third string starter by the end of spring ball. And then, you know, got in the season, never looked back. I had pretty good year. I mean, you know, first year starting, made some plays, really just kind of ran simpler routes and stuff. But yeah, it was a good year. I like that you were open-minded and flexible, willing to play Sam linebacker. It's a very different skill set than being a receiver, playing special teams. And in 2019, that second year where you did start almost every game, you were a big play wide out. You averaged a team high of 17.6 yards per reception. You were second on the team with 37 catches and two touchdowns. And also importantly, you were named 2019 AAC All-Academic Team as well. What were you doing that year to ensure your success both on and off the field? So in 2019, we had mandatory co-ops. It was all about time management. So I had to do a part-time co-op 20 hours. Like I worked in a research lab on campus. It was called the micro and nano manufacturing lab. It was really hard to find a place that would take me in because all those co-ops and opportunities are always full-time. During the season, I could not work full-time. I had to find a way to get 20 hours a week because that was like the bare minimum that they would allow. That was interesting. So grades, it was nice to not have to like worry about homework and stuff. It was just tiring. I would be in there eight to 12 every day. And then we had practice until like five or six at night. But then it was nice because you didn't have like that added stressor of like having like homework and stuff. But I probably would have had a little bit more time on my hands because I wouldn't have to go 20 hours a week in a lab. So it's different. And so let's fast forward to 2020. You ended up playing only six games that season because you had an injury, like we talked about earlier, that you had to deal with some injuries. Tell us about that injury and your recovery process prior to playing. Yes. Yeah, so right before the first game, I tore my meniscus in my right knee and just got, I think it's called a meniscectomy. They, they just went in and cut out the tear to fix it up. That's a pretty short recovery. I think it, they were telling me it's, you can do it as quick as four weeks, like four to six weeks. Since it was the COVID year, all the non-conference games, they, a lot of them have been canceled. So I only ended up missing maybe three games for that. But then I came back, played one game, and then the second game back, I was finally feeling good, like had made some big plays. They went to me again in the second quarter because I think I had like a touchdown on a long pass in the first quarter. They went to me again in the second quarter, and I tried to go up and catch the ball over the DB. And like he ran through my legs, and it was a pass interference, and I landed on my elbow and dislocated my shoulder. So that was really frustrating because I had worked so hard to get back from my knee injury. And then I dislocated my shoulder and that's not a fun injury. That hurts a lot. So I was in that sling for maybe a couple of days, you know, trying to get it because it just, it just was sore and you're trying to get the strength back in it. And then I missed one game and I was able to play that next week. And I was wearing that big shoulder brace and that thing's kind of, it's tough to play in as a receiver because you don't have mobility with your arm. You just feel kind of stiff, but I played with that for like a game or two. And then I took it off for the last two games of the year. And as soon as, you know, that Georgia game was over, I think I, I flew back home, had a couple of days with my family and then went back to Cincinnati and got shoulder surgery. So it was an interesting experience because, you know, I'd played football all these years and I'd never been hurt really playing football. 
And then I just had that all happen basically within like a month span. But you did have a great year that season, ended up averaging 18.5 yards per catch, leading the team there. You also finished in the AAC championship game against Tulsa, having a fantastic game, career best, 146 receiving yards on five catches. So you're definitely doing something right that season in spite of having injuries. As you know, being a better football player doesn't just happen on the field. There's a lot of work that goes on outside of that, in the film room, the weight room, your diet, all those things. How did having these injuries help you to become a better player? I think they caused me to step back a little bit and give me some more perspective. You know, after that, I never took the game for granted. It was really hard watching, just sitting and watching practice. A lot of times guys are like, ah, oh, like going out and practicing, you're at camp, you're like, ah, oh, no, this is going to be another tough day. Like, I wish we just didn't have to have practice today, stuff like that. But when you're out there sitting and watching practice, like there's nothing more you want to do than be out there practicing. So it really puts things into perspective and it is a lot harder to watch practice, sit there and watch than it was to actually do the practice. So, yeah, I think it really fuels you in that way. And then I think it, it taught me the importance of taking care of your body. You know, early on in college, I really put in a ton of hours on the field doing extra stuff, really just kind of grinding and, and pounding my body into the ground. And I think I learned that once you start getting older and for me, it was like I turned 20 <laughs> and then I got hurt a couple of times. So it was like, once, once you start getting a little bit older, like you're going to have to focus more time on your body, like resting, recovering and doing like preventative things. Added that into like my routine of things I do on the outside, like outside of mandatory workouts. And let's fast forward to the 2021 season. Again, you had a great season. The Bearcats had an amazing season, 13-1 and one for the year, undefeated before the postseason, back-to-back AAC championships. What do you think were factors to the team's success this past year? I'd say the biggest thing we had going for us is like we just had a really good brotherhood. Everybody in the team really got along well. I mean, we just worked hard. You know, we had a lot of guys who played a lot of games. It was really a combination of the past four years of work for most of us, four or five years. So yeah, that's what I'd really give it credit to. I mean, people that would come to our practices would just be impressed. Like we we really played and practiced like pros. Like we get after each other, but like we're doing it in a smart way. So I think it was just a really incredible year and we just had so much leadership and lots of experience. You mentioned Coach Fickle earlier in the show. What in your mind makes Coach Fick a great coach? Oh, Coach Fick is just an unbelievable coach. He's a guy that a player's coach, you know, so he'll get on you on the field, but then yeah, he's a guy that you can go to off the field and he's super tight with all the guys, great in the locker room. And then, you know, he's a great, unbelievable recruiter. You can see all the guys he's brought in. He's really done a really good job of bringing in guys, especially from like the Cincinnati and Ohio area and kind of surrounding areas, keeping like those really talented players in state. What he stresses the most is just basically playing hard and working hard. That gets results. Let's fast forward now. So you're getting ready for the NFL draft. You're training down at the House of Athlete in Tampa with Yo Murphy and the team. Shout out to Yo and everyone down there. Tell us what were some of the things that you were focused on in your pre-combine training? Yeah, so we were working on all the different combine drills. Clearly, we were focused on that. But then for me, myself, I was really focused on all like the route running and stuff. We worked with Randy Moss was there for a little bit. He was training us. And then after the Super Bowl, like he was kind of had some things going on there for a while. So we had different receiver trainers down from Tampa kind of coming in and out. So that was cool. It was cool to get a bunch of different types of coaching and because you can learn different things from every person. Like you can take the good from everybody. So that's really what I think I need to work on the most because I've kind of always had the athleticism. Like I worked on the 40 and all that stuff. Like they 
stress you to do because they they really tell you like that's the big thing that you need to kill but like for me i wasn't too worried about it because i knew i could do that stuff i just want to keep on continue to work on my football game and my craft and my technique and let's talk about the combine since you mentioned the 40 you ended up running a 441 official very nice what was that combine experience for you i mean it's not just about the on-field drill you've got interviews you've got meetings you've got measurements all kind of things how is that experience for you It was a great experience. You know, I love being able to meet some of these guys that you hear, like you see them on TV and you hear about them all the time. And so it's great to meet a lot of the guys, you know, made some friends for sure. And it was really cool to meet like a lot of the coaches and and kind of get a little bit of a glimpse into the NFL and the NFL playbook stuff I got. So it was definitely interesting. And I enjoyed, you know, while a lot of people probably will say it's a grind or it's long days, like I enjoyed every minute of it. And you definitely did well in the combine. So excited to see you perform during that weekend. So if a team were to ask you, Alec, why should I pick you over someone else? What would you say? I'd say I kind of have the whole package. I think I'm the best vertical threat in this class. I did a good job getting downfield and getting open. And even if I'm not open, because I can run fast, but then I'm also big and I'm able to go up and get the ball over guys. I think my intelligence, my football IQ is, is very high. So I think it, I'm a, I'll be a guy that will be coming and be able to grasp things quickly because I know that's something that kind of limits a lot of guys, especially early in their careers. So, yeah, I'd say that. And then just coming from a winning culture, like I played football for a long time and really always been on a team that was winning games. I don't think I've ever been a part of a team that was like below 500. So it's just kind of always like what I've known is winning. So it'll be interesting to see see what team I go to. Great answer. And I'm looking forward to see where you land. So what I want to do now is run you through my two-minute drill and ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? For sure. Yeah. First question, outside of football, what do you like to do? I like hanging out with my friends. I play some video games. We play some golf. I, I lived in a house with a bunch of guys at Cincy and we'd have a good time. We had a backyard. We'd grill out and stuff. Just kind of do whatever. Nice. What is one thing most people don't know about you? This is an easy one. I, I'm a lefty. Okay. What three words would you use to describe yourself? I'd say competitive, down to earth, or like relaxed and analytical. That's good. Being an ME major, you need to have that analytical mind. If you had one intro song played at all of your public appearances, what would that one intro song be? I don't know. Probably something from Kanye. A Kanye song it is. All right. My next question is, what is the best piece of advice you've been given by a coach? I think as a receiver, they always stress like winning with your feet because a lot of guys are worried about the guy guarding them and trying to push off and you just got to focus on yourself and you can't control if the guy's going to like grab you or or whatever, run into you. So you just got to worry about yourself and make them do what they got to do. And if they grab you, they should throw the flag or whatever. And once they grab you, you can react to that, but don't like assume they're going to be there and you're going to be able to push off them. Don't worry about them. Just worry about yourself. Win with your feet. Now I'm going to turn it around and ask what's the best piece of advice that you would give someone. If I was like telling a young freshman, I'd kind of just tell him to like stick with it and, and persevere. Like you never know where this path is going to take you. Like just keep your head down and work hard in all aspects of life. That's what I'd tell him. And you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? Probably Michael Jordan, Jack Harlow. I want to meet him. Maybe like Albert Einstein or someone kind of like, you know, crazy, someone like that. Say Albert Einstein or maybe Isaac Newton, one of the two. Okay, great choices. I got a couple other questions for you. Do you sing in the shower? No, I actually don't. My last question is Cubs or White Sox? I'm a Cubs fan. Go Cubbies. So as we look to close the show, Alec, let people know, where can they follow you? Where are you at on social media? 
I'm on Instagram at Alec underscore Pierce, and my Twitter is at AJ Pierce zero zero. I may be changing that handle to at Alec Pierce. We'll see. Perfect. And we'll be sure to have those in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Alec, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It has been a true pleasure and I wish you much success in this next chapter. And thanks to everyone for listening. If you liked today's episode, again, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And also share the episode with someone or two or three people. That's one way you can help me to move the ball. All right. Thanks so much for listening and we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.